We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. Co-host TJ Inman will join us shortly uh, over the phone. Today we are talking big developments in IE football this week as Peyton Ramsey replaces Richard Lego is starting quarterback permanently, and uh, we'll see where they go from there. We'll talk about what this does for the identity of the offense, something that we said that IU really didn't have over the first four weeks. We'll get into the Charleston Southern game coming up on Saturday as well, and then the rest of the Big Ten season. Uh, TJ, welcome. Uh, Hello? Hello, TJ. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I can get you now. Awesome. Uh, TJ, we, the okay. big news this week is taking over, over the starting spot uh, for Richard Lego. It was something that right now might be the perfect time to do it with Charles yeah. on Saturday. It's a lesser opponent. Uh, you could get He's already had his feet wet, but you could ease him into the deep end instead of shoving him off the high dive uh, in next week against Michigan. What are your initial thoughts of this move? Uh, I was initially very surprised when I read about it. Uh, I was following uh, Tom Allen's press conference uh, on uh, my lunch break on Twitter. And, um, you know, I, I was surprised that uh, number one, that Tom Allen uh, and, and presumably Mike DeBoard and uh, the rest of the coaching staff made the decision um, to not only switch starters, uh, but to, you know, name Peyton Ramsey the true QB1, uh, call off the rotation and pretty much say this job is Ramsey's until, you know, unless he gets hurt. Uh, and I, I think... I was surprised that that move was made. Uh, after the first couple of minutes of thinking about it, I, you know, I, I really like the move. Um, the offense was largely ineffective under Lego, uh, with the exception of the first half against Ohio State. Um, and I, I do feel I feel bad for Rich Lego. I think he's uh, in the times that you know our site's been able to talk to him, or the time he's talked to the media or the things that his teammates have said about him. Um, everyone has just had positive things to say about the interactions they've had with him and with the kind of young man he is. Um, so I I do feel bad for him. Um, that being said, I think for the Indiana football program, uh, which is what Tom Allen has to consider, 
I, I think that it is the right move for a number of reasons. Number one, as you mentioned, the, the lack of offensive identity. I think you get that with Lego. You're going to or with uh, with Ramsey. You're going to get uh, more of an offensive identity. Number two, um, you know, Richard Lego, while he does have a uh, a very strong arm in terms of throwing the deep ball, uh, there were just too many times where. Uh, the accuracy just was not there. Uh, balls would sail high, which is incredibly dangerous. It led to a lot of interceptions last season. The interceptions have not been a problem yet this year uh, for him, but there were a number of passes against Penn State that could have been picked off because he just sailed them high. Uh, and if he's not offering you accuracy, uh, it really makes no sense to have him in the game because he can't do anything with his legs. Uh, the mobility is a big plus for Peyton Ramsey. We'll talk about that some. Uh, so, uh, overall, it made a lot of sense to me, and the timing uh, makes perfect sense. You know, you've, like you said, you've got Charleston Southern this week, uh, and you've got two full weeks of uh, first-team reps to give Peyton Ramsey in practice and in the game on Saturday before he takes on a very aggressive Michigan defense, which – you know, quarterback mobility is going to be a key to, to not getting sacked a ton of times against the Wolverines. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk more about the scheme here and what this changes for the offense and uh, for some of the other offensive players, how things might change in a little bit. But I, I do think it's a, it's a move that comes at the right time, and it's a move that um, given how the rest of Indiana's uh, opponents are performing, uh, it's a move that really has to be made and and has to be successful if Indiana's going to come up with the six or seven wins here this year. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a move that the, the fans wanted. Uh, and Tom yeah. Allen is giving the people uh, – Tom Allen and the staff are giving with the people what they want. Uh, you heard the cheers. You're at the game, TJ. You heard the cheers every time Ramsey oh, went yeah. onto the field uh, against Georgia Southern. Um so this is what people want, and hopefully uh, it, it works out. We've seen a lot of comments on social media that, you know, after the Penn State game about where this team is and, and people freaking out that this isn't a bowl team and, you know, we got the doors beat off of us at Penn State. Okay. Um, you know, losing is, is not acceptable. Uh, I said this in the rapid reaction. Losing is not acceptable, but losses happen. It's how you respond to them and bounce back. This game, we've talked about it probably since February, TJ, is the hard, the most difficult game on IU's schedule was Penn State. Now, we gave them about a 5 to 10% chance of winning. Now, you should always expect to win games, but this is a game that, you know, if you're looking at a, at a season going 8-5 and five and, or 7-5, and 8-4, and four, things like that, where, your losses are coming from somewhere. Uh, so, yep. you know, IU just doesn't have the horses to go at Penn State and make the mistakes that they made last week. Uh, we saw it two years in a row. They fumbled five times, <clears throat> five times last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. This year they, uh, they, they, four turnovers were absolutely abysmal on special teams uh, and a ton of injuries. Yep. They just couldn't, couldn't do anything. Uh, so, Here's here's what IU needs to do. They need to come out, establish an identity. Now that you're you're 
forming the offense around Peyton Ramsey, you're definitely going to have an identity. I, they, you're right. They did not have an identity the first four weeks of the season. You saw it against Ohio State in the first half. It was just chuck and duck, uh, basically. Yeah. And then after that, you know, once they started pressing the wide receivers, uh, you couldn't really do anything. And then against, you know, against Virginia, they, they threw Ramsey in there for three quarters, but they didn't – they still didn't have an identity. Uh, Georgia Southern – they didn't throw the ball all that much, and they were trying to work on their run. So this may be the first game we see an actual identity from the IU offense. Now, with Peyton Ramsey, they're going to have to they're going to have to to throw the ball a little uh, have to throw the ball. You can't let these defenses bring eight or nine guys in the box and stop this run. IU's just not geared for that. They're not going to bring in the tight end to block as much as they did last year, which is really helpful in the run game. When you had Danny Friend out there just mashing people uh, and, and all that stuff. So find your identity. You're going to have – I expect Peyton Ramsey to play the entire game Saturday, uh, even though IU might blow this team out. you, you got to find that offensive identity where you can run and pass and actually have an offense with Peyton Ramsey because, you know, maybe going into the season, the back of the mind was Peyton Ramsey might finish the year for us. So – you didn't really see them build that offense around Richard Lego. And you pointed out people's roles are going to change in this offense. And, and you saw that a little bit at Penn state. You saw Wap Fillier get some, uh, some handoffs. He's been playing at wide receiver as well. Are they going to use that jet sweep option uh, a, a little bit more? So TJ, what are your feelings on whose roles are going to be a little bit different in the offense with, Peyton, built around Peyton Ramsey as opposed to built around Richard Lego? Well, I, I think you mentioned Wap Fillier, so I'll just start with him. Uh, for those that aren't familiar, he's a you know, true freshman from Florida, uh, another uh, Florida product that Tom Allen was able to bring in. Um, really explosive athlete, and I think that what they're looking for from him, uh, getting him the ball in space, they're looking for those large chunk plays in the run game. Uh, it's not something – Morgan Ellison's capable of busting big runs, but uh, they're probably going to be more of the, you know, you run somebody over at the line of scrimmage, break a couple tackles, and end up with 30 yards. That's probably going to be more of the explosive plays from Ellison as opposed to, you know, make one guy miss, get to the edge, and, and go for 75. Uh, that's just – that's not Ellison's game right now. Um I think he's quicker than perhaps a lot of people would give him credit for just looking at him, but uh, he's not an overly explosive top-end speed guy. Wap Billier, I think, is a player that they expect, uh, or at least they hope, to be able to give them some explosive plays in the running game. Uh, it's it's a, an area that Indiana's really working on. It's an area that, uh, you know, next year, I think Ronnie Walker, uh, the running back from Virginia, that's why he's going to play is because of his explosive ability uh, in the start. running game. You're, he might, yeah, your ability to uh, to get large chunk plays that prevents your offense from having to methodically work down the field. Uh, so that's one area where I think Wap Billiard is going to be seeing more and more action. I think that happened regardless of who the quarterback is. But especially with Ramsey, uh, I could certainly see some – uh, some packages that, that feature while failure in the backfield, a speed option or a read option to the outside, try to get uh, Ramsey 
um, to the edge uh, with Fillier as the pitch man and see if he can get Wap uh, in space and a, an opportunity to, to break a big play. I think we'll see more from him. I think that we are uh, – first, I want to say, I don't think it changes much for Ellison uh, in terms of workload. I think he has established himself as Indiana's uh, number one back. Uh, I, I'm a little bit concerned because he takes a ton of big hits. And without Ellison, I, I don't – I don't have much uh, much faith in the uh, the players behind him right now. I think Cole Guess is a solid player uh, to use as a you know uh, five to ten carry guy, which is what we talked about his role being. Um, I know the Mike Majette's expected to be back, but I don't know how long that'll last, and I'm not sure what that means exactly. And then Devontae Williams, I think, is a player that again could be used for screen pass purposes, but as a running back. Uh, we just haven't seen anything that would uh, lend any belief that he's going to be a quality uh, runner with the ball. I think he can be a good pass catcher on the edges, but not necessarily a running back. So I expect Ellison to continue to be the feature back. You might see a few different looks, getting Ramsey again, uh, using Ramsey's legs to get Ellison maybe to the edge a little bit, uh, as opposed to just straight handoffs. So you might see more of that, but um, you know, the passing game, I think, is really where things get interesting uh, because Indiana's going to have to, like you said, they're going to have to be able to still throw the ball, and you're going to need to show that the deep ball is still a threat uh, to keep defenses backed off. And Indiana's wide receivers, uh, you know, we've all thought that it's definitely a strength of this team, and I, I think it certainly is. Uh, the injury to Westbrook took some of that away because now teams can focus more on Cobbs and, and Donovan Hale. Uh, I don't know if he's 100% yet. So, uh, you know, you're, you're really able to key in on semi-Cobbs, and, and a lot of teams do have, you know, one good corner. Very few college teams have two really good ones. Uh, so having a secondary threat, which Ian Thomas is showing capable of being. Uh, so the passing game is one that's really interesting. Who's going to get those extra targets? Uh, from Ramsey that they maybe weren't receiving from Lego. I'm not sure. I, I think you're going to see more short passes uh, as opposed to, you know, passes of 15 yards and more uh, that, that Lego is a little bit better than Ramsey at. I don't think Ramsey can throw kind of those sideline outs uh, as well as Lego did. We saw Ramsey throw one against Penn State that got picked off. Uh, so maybe those that kind of throws awful get, throw. It was, yeah, it was. Uh, so maybe those kind of throws um, get taken out, not entirely out of the playbook, but you see less of them than you did uh, with Lego at quarterback. Uh, I still think that Cobbs is going to be your go-to wide receiver. It'd be stupid for him not to be. Uh, and actually, you know, his physicality lends itself to maybe some of those shorter passes. I know that he uh, is very capable of going over the top, but uh, I, I think, you know, he's also – such a physically imposing receiver that I think he can, you know, have his way with uh, kind of quick outs and and some slants, uh, five to ten yards, like we saw against Virginia. Uh, he catches the slant pass and does his damage, uh, just bouncing off tacklers and getting into the end zone. Um, so receiving wise, I'm really not sure who's going to to benefit from this. Um, outside of Wap Billier, and I think that his is more in a 
uh, more of a running game role than necessarily a, a, a receiving role. Um, but if anyone, I'm actually going to say Sidney Cobbs and Luke Timian uh, just because I, I think that they are capable of being big-time possession receivers. I think one of the guys that it hurts because he's more of a, a speed merchant than a, a deep ball threat is Donovan Hale. I don't think he's going to see quite as much action that, that he's had. And I'm, I'm aware that Donovan Hale uh, caught what has been probably Ramsey's best pass of the season. Um, so I'm not saying Hale's going to be, you know, maybe irrelevant. But I just think you'll see fewer deep shots down the field. It can't disappear altogether, uh, or I use offense going to be a big-time trouble. But I think you'll see a little bit less of that. So I think it might hurt somebody like Donovan Hale a little bit. Uh, I think it helps the offensive line, undoubtedly. Uh, just as a group, I think it helps the line. They'll be able to – I don't think run blocking is a big-time issue for this, uh, this offensive line. But I think that just having the identity of being a physical running team with Ramsey as your kind of physical running quarterback, uh, I think that that – that mindset might uh, might improve the performance of the offensive line in the run game and in the passing game. It's just a lot easier to block for a guy like Ramsey than it is for Lego because uh, he's able to make some things happen with his legs if the play breaks down a little bit. Yeah, and there are some concerns of Peyton Ramsey uh, going in, and uh, I know some people you know, in the media have called him not a – dual threat quarterback, which I think is absolutely insane. Uh, he is a dual threat quarterback. That's why he's th- he's playing. He's a threat with his legs, and he's a threat with his arm. Um, and he ran for over 2,000 yards in high school. So uh, we'll see what he does there. But concerns, he is only 6'2", uh, which is a, a concern for me. You've seen it several passes of his being batted down at the line. Uh, when he is in the pocket, passing in the pocket is not his strength. They are going to need to roll him out away from pressure, uh, throwing the ball, and then the deep ball. Can, does he have the arm strength to throw that deep ball as well as, um, you know, as far as Lego did, as, as basically as did uh, without taking any any speed off that ball? It up there, safeties are going to come down uh, and, and pick that off, run under the ball and pick it off. So those are my concerns is his height, uh, throwing in the pocket, uh, and throwing the deep ball as well as, you know, what happens you're now building your, your offense around Richard Lay or sorry, around, um, Peyton Ramsey. And it's going to be very different from a Richard Lego offense. So if Ramsey who gets hurt, we've seen him get, banged up a little bit. You saw him limping in the Penn State game. He's taking some shots. Uh, who do they go to if, if he gets hurt? Do they go back to Richard Lego? Do they burn the red shirt on Nick Tronti, which I, I think is the last resort? Um, but where do they go if he's banged up? If, it, if it's a long-term deal, yeah. you know, a couple games, do they go back to Richard Lego? Um, if it's, you know, if it's for a half, do they go to Richard Lego? When did they use and if did they, did they use Tronti? So those are all questions that I'm sure that Tom Allen and his staff have thought about. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see what this offense does with uh, with Nick Tronti or with uh, sorry Peyton Ramsey, and 
Saturday is a big test. I know that, you know, the students are on fall break. It's a makeup game. I don't think there's going to be very many people there, but this is a big game for IU for the rest of the season. It's a game they should win. It's a game that they should win by a lot of points, but they have to figure out what this offense is going to look like, and this is the perfect opponent to do it. It's an opponent where you could try some stuff uh, that are high risk uh, without risking that much in terms of uh, we can't try this play because we might lose. You know, if, if you're up by 28 points, you could try a few things and, you know, it's not running up the score. You're trying to figure out your offense. This is not James Franklin running halfback passes to gain Heisman votes for Saquon Barkley. This is, we need well, to figure out our offense. Uh, and, and, uh, and I think other coaches appreciate that. They, they do the same thing. I mean, we, they have a redshirt freshman quarterback. They need to figure out their offense. If I use up by 28, you can see them doing some trick play or running some jet sweep option where you kind of go, eh, that doesn't look great. Side, um, you know, you, you know, you, you go to the other coach, you say, hey, you know, we got to figure out our offense. And we didn't mean to embarrass you. And it goes both ways, but we got to figure this out. So I, I think the offense is going to be okay. Uh, you just have to stick on this. If he struggles, you still have to stick with Peyton Ramsey. You can't just go back yeah. to, you yeah. know, you pushed all your chips into the table on Peyton Ramsey. you got to play the hand you're dealt now, uh, and we'll see what that is. I, I still think this is a bold team. I still think there are six wins out there, uh, even though Maryland had an impressive win, uh, and fans all wanted Max, Max Borkenschlatter <laughs> as quarterback on IU. Uh, one Power 5 team offered him, and it was Maryland. Uh, and that was because Dwayne Haskins went to Ohio State on signing day. So, yeah, you know, you can't blame yeah. Wilson and his staff doing that. But, yeah, let's get get the running game going, get get the, the passing game going with Ramsey. And I, I think he plays, unless it's like 70 to nothing, I think he plays the entire game. Uh, so, uh, final thoughts on the uh, Charleston Southern game. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I you bring up an interesting point with Nick Tronti. Uh, I think the only instance where Indiana considers burning his red shirt is if we get to, I don't know, let's hypothetically say like the, the stretch of Rutgers, Illinois, Purdue. So you're at the tail end of the season, uh, and at that point, let's say you've got four or five wins, maybe you're at five and you need one more in the last two uh, or something like that. Um, and you, uh, the offense has, has performed pretty well under your restructuring. So you've got it. Uh, you've got the offense geared to a running dual threat quarterback. Uh, and you're, you feel like things are clicking pretty well and Ramsey gets hurt. Um, I, I could see a scenario where that occurs and you don't feel like uh, you feel like your team's best chance to reach the postseason and then, you know, win in the postseason is to make the switch uh, to Nick Tronti and keep uh, a dual threat mobile quarterback in there. Uh, that's the one chance that I, I feel like maybe, uh, they end up burning the red shirt 
uh, if they're just really confident that that is what's best uh, for the for this year's team and for the program long term. Uh, other than that, I certainly think it is they they have every hope right now of, of keeping Trotsky on redshirt. I think they're very high about his future, but uh, they'd prefer to have him redshirt the whole season and have next year be a battle between the between Ramsey and Trotsky during the off season to to see who can come out on top there. Um, uh, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. I, I know our our hope and, certainly and is that you know this DJ. works and that Ramsey stays healthy and uh, that we don't have to have to talk about that anymore. I know that that's our hope and that's the coach's hope for sure. In the back of your mind, if you're a coach moving to this dual threat option, you have Reese Taylor coming in next year. Is this oh, yeah. where you start implementing this offense where you use a guy yep. and actually start planning plays for when Reese Taylor comes in um, and, and he'll get a shot at quarterback. He might not start, but I might right. be a package in for him. He could throw, he could run. Uh, he's athlete and is more or less a shoe in uh, for the football. So, I, this and, could be. You know, this this is the kind of quarterback that the Indiana coaches have been recruiting since uh, Tom Allen and Mike DeBoer and Nick Sheridan took over. That you know they are recruiting dual threat guys. This is not just a sudden change of heart to where they've decided, oh, we don't want a true pocket passer anymore. Now we want a mobile quarterback. No, they, they've they've wanted a guy that can make things happen with his legs. Those are the kind of quarterbacks they've been recruiting, the only kind of quarterbacks they've been recruiting, uh, and that's been the case since they arrived on uh, since this offensive staff arrived on campus and began recruiting. So, uh, you know, this is the way they've wanted to go um, and, and I just, I don't think that, uh, I don't think they felt like they had any more time to wait to pull the trigger. So, uh, it'll be very interesting to see uh, how this plays out. I'm excited for it. I think it's a big challenge for the for the offensive staff to show what they got, um, a chance to really use your creativity and um, try to make some things happen for this offense that uh, you know does not need to be a top you know a top ten offense. They just don't have to be uh, for Indiana to be really successful. They just have to be pretty good. They don't even have to be great. They just have to be pretty good for Indiana to have a very nice season uh, as long as the defense can get a little bit healthy. Uh, in terms of uh, Charleston Southern, yeah, it's an offense that's fairly similar to Georgia Southern's. They're going to run the ball pretty heavily. Uh, they're going to lean on a number of running options. So Indiana's run defense is going to have to, once again, um, you know, bring the hard hat and get penetration in the backfield, solid tackling, uh, good sound fundamental defense is going to be required. It looks like the Hoosiers are, again, going to be without Marcelino Ball. Uh, so you're going to have some lineup changes there. It was Tony Fields playing the majority of the Penn State game at Husky. And, um, you know, the defense had nothing to hold their heads uh, in shame about. They had a very nice game, got worn down at the end, um, and fell victim to some, you know, some talented players just making some plays. But uh, once the game was completely out of the the outcome was out of question. Uh, I I didn't love some of the things that Penn State did, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I expect another fine performance for the defense. The key thing for them is going to be um, 
just getting not losing any more personnel and getting personnel healthy uh, for Michigan. Um, so offensively, Charleston Southern, uh, you know, they've, they've hammered their last two opponents. Uh, that being said, their last two opponents are, you know, not even close to the caliber of any Big Ten team. Uh, so it's hard to say what to take from that. Uh, they did lose. The only somewhat comparable opponent to Indiana was Mississippi State. Um, and they lost to them 49 nothing and got really completely dominated in the game's season's opening week. Um, I, I would expect Charleston Southern to put together a better effort than that. I think they got overwhelmed uh, by Mississippi State. I don't think it'll be quite that bad at all. Uh, and I anticipate that Charleston Southern has probably improved some since then. And they certainly probably have some confidence after uh, beating their last two opponents by, you know, over 100 points combined. So uh, I think that they're going to be somewhat confident coming in on Saturday that they can uh, at least put up a, a good effort against the Hoosiers and uh, make IU work for it. Uh, I do think that if Indiana, you know, comes focused, comes ready to play, and uh, can clean up some of the turnovers and uh, special teams miscues that plague them on Saturday in that first quarter, uh, if they can clean up those things, I think they'll be in really good shape by halftime to kind of coast away with this one uh, and then really focus, like you said, on finding an offensive identity and uh, getting the defense not rested, but getting the defense uh, solid, healthy as possible going to the Michigan game. Uh, and then the offense to find some rhythm and some confidence with this switch heading into what is another, likely another top 10 opponent unless the Wolverines lose to the Spartans on Saturday night, uh, which is possible, but I think they'll probably prevail in that one and be another top 10 opponent for IU, which will be three in the first six weeks. And that's a, it's a brutally difficult schedule, but that's, that's life in the Big Ten East. Uh, and I know Indiana has no choice but to embrace it. Uh, so prediction for me, I'll go Charleston Southern uh, 14, Indiana. I will go 45, so 45 to 14, Indiana wins. Uh, and I think that uh, I think we'll see some big numbers for Ramsey and big numbers for Morgan Ellison as well, um, and, and hopefully no further injuries for this IU team. Yeah, I, and you know weather might be a factor on Saturday too. Uh, the forecast is for showers uh, in the late evening hours which could make it very difficult for Charleston Southern to run that, run that offense, run the option offense uh, with the wet ball. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't rain because um, I'll be down on the sideline with my camera and I don't really want to do it in the rain. Um, but anyway, it's, it's a game that IU, it, it's much like Georgia Southern. You're going to see anybody who's nicked up is not going to play. I don't think you're going to see – um, Juan Harris. I don't think you're going to see, as you said, Marceline Ball. Uh, Keontae Walton is is down as Riggins. well. Uh, Riggins uh, might not play. It would be interesting to see if Ian Thomas plays. He looked okay coming off the field, but if he's not 100%, do you risk it? And you know, you have Austin Doris sitting there as well, who who could be the receiving threat too, uh, that they really haven't used. Um, be really good this year. 
uh, for the rest of the season. And then, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. You know, other guys you need you need to see. Uh, Fant looked like he was back last week at 100. percent And then you know, it's just play disciplined defense. Anytime you play the op- option, you have to play dis- disciplined defense. Find your identity on offense and just take care of business. This is a take care of business game. Get out of there. You'll be three and two heading into Michigan, which is right where everybody had us uh, being. It's you're right on schedule for a bowl game. You're right on schedule, you know, for six, seven wins, uh, maybe eight if you get a good bowl matchup. But you know, it, it's a long season. It's the first four games, two and two. You play two top ten, two top five teams. Uh, yep. You caught a getting getting Charleston Southern on the schedule after FIU. Great job by the IU Athletic Department there for, for hopping on that early and, and getting Charleston Southern in to get you that third win before heading into to Michigan week. And that's that game is going to set the tone for the rest of the season as well. That's a game that looks like uh, Will Spade is not going to play in. And we saw John O'Corn last year. He, he was not good. And Michigan has struggled on offense. So get healthy, stay healthy, find an offensive identity, stay disciplined on defense, uh, and just take care of business. I, I'm going to say IU is going to win uh, 49-10. Uh, or, uh, Charleston Southern does have a decent offense. Or they're averaging you know, about 350 yards, uh, 358 yards per game. But Indiana's defense, T. Gray Scales, is playing really well right now. Uh, the last two games, he's been as, as good as he's been, and I, I think they're going to continue to roll on defense, clean up those special teams, and take care of business on offense. So uh, 49-10 IU, 3-2 and two heading into Michigan, and, and we'll get ready for the Wolverines after this week. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, uh, that game for sure. That's going to be, you know, if IU can take care of business and gain some confidence going into that one, you know, that'll be another opportunity at home uh, against a team that I think is a step behind uh, Penn State and Ohio State. I could be wrong, but I think right now they're a step behind those two. Um, that, I mean, it, it's going to be a huge opportunity for the Hoosiers to uh, set the table for the rest of the season. Even if they lose, um, I think we'll feel uh, – I think we'll know a lot more after that game uh, about how the Peyton Ramsey offense might go uh, after that Michigan contest. But first things first, take care of the, the Buccaneers. They've got a, a pretty cool name there. You don't hear that one often in college football, the Buccaneers. Um, they got a pretty cool look as well. Their uniforms are pretty sharp. So uh, take care of them on Saturday. Uh, get as healthy as possible and as confident as possible, and then uh, prepare for – a week of uh, khakis and Jim Harbaugh talk. Awesome. Can't wait. Uh, anyway, that does oh, yeah. it for uh, tonight's Hoosier Huddle podcast. The game is at sa- on Saturday at 3.30. It's on BTN. It might not be on your local listings right now since it is a makeup game. Uh, <laughs> make sure you, you have your replacement tickets. If you're going to the game, make sure that IU has your replacement parking passes as well. Uh, this was uh, unplanned. Uh, it was unplanned up until a couple weeks ago. 3.30 kickoff, 
It's in Bloomington at Memorial Stadium. Uh, come back to HoosierHuddle.com early and often. We'll have all our pregame coverage up. TJ will have his game day primer. We'll have our tailgate show, and, and we'll just get, you know, cover it like any other game uh, before we get into the rest of the Big Ten schedule. All right, TJ, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, everybody have a good week. Thanks a lot for listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.